Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, family? Jared the Boss Man here. You're tuned into the Boss Man Show on AM 1010, AM 1430, 1055 The King. Get the King out at 105theking.com and the Boss Man Show at bossmanshow.com. Hit me up on Instagram, the Boss Man Show, Twitter at Boss Man Show, and Facebook, Boss Man Show. It's the Boss Man on your Radio. Listen to the Boss Man Show with your host JR Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here on AM 1010. The King. What's up, good people? Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. The latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. When the game starts. show going two hours west of here to Birmingham to UAB where new head coaches Trent Dill for the Blazers first game A&T of the season coming up here real soon getting ready for it every day here in camp coach Dill for looking good over there as UAB gear how you doing coach I'm doing good thanks for having me man I'm fired up to do this yes sir coach let's ask you man you know I'll tell y'all air about my mom being from going to Lipscomb graduating 71 being at Lipscomb Academy do you see this opportunity coming come for you as quick as it did, getting the football after being in broadcasting and now getting the coaching? See it coming as fast for you, coach? You know, I really didn't have a timeline, to be honest with you. I When I stepped away from TV, retired, played a bunch of golf, realized that wasn't for me, uh, wanted to give back to the game. Really, it was that easy. The game has given me so much and uh, wanted to give back and never thought I'd coach high school football. Uh, it was never really a plan. Uh, but it was kind of a calling. I know that sounds esoteric, but it really was. I felt like I needed to give back. Uh, why it was at Lipscomb, I still don't know, except I loved it, loved every part of it. Uh, it was really hard, which was good for me uh, to do hard things again and uh, get a community to buy into that stuff. Um, and then I never, 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 never had my eye on college football. I was approached a bunch of times. 
uh, and asked good questions and, you know, did the mental gymnastics around it. Um, and then it just wasn't the right time or the right place or uh, whatever the reasons were. And then this year, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I'm not going to do this as being pursued by a few different places. And and my wife really is the one that that said, no, you know, I'm going to step in on this one. You, you're getting bored. Like, you've kind of done what you could do at Lipscomb. There's not much anything else you can do. Um, you need to go climb another mountain. She used that exact term. She's like, you need to go climb another mountain. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You know, I'm a mountain climber. Metaphorically, I need to do hard things. I need challenges. Um, so that got me thinking and UAB was the right fit. It was in the Southeast state of Alabama, um, you know, recruiting hotbed, uh, easy to get coaches to come to Birmingham. Uh, a good foundation was already laid by Bill Clark and Bryant Vincent. Uh, just a lot of good things. So, uh, it excited me and, and I have not been disappointed. It's been, it's been one of the best rides so far in my life and I'm undefeated to this point. I don't know how long it's going to last, but, uh, I'm enjoying being undefeated and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just fired up about everything we're trying to do here. So different, like you said, location. So great. Alabama, you get to Florida, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana has so much talent. To Birmingham with a short drive, five hours either yep. way, and just build this roster out the right way with guys who fit that culture that you're going to build it. Yeah, and great kids. You know, I think there's another piece of that. You know, sometimes when recruiting is talked about, you forget about the type of human you're recruiting too, not just the athlete. Uh, these are kids that have great values. Um, they work hard. They know other. They don't know any other way. Um, football matters to them. Um, they know that football in the South represents more than just winning and losing, right? It's a sense of pride for their communities. Um, there's natural rivalries built in. There's, there's recruiting battles that are built in. There's just so much uh, that matters in the South and relates to football. The thing I've been most pleased by, uh, again, and I'll go back to this, is you know they're coached well in the high schools in the South. Um, they have good core values. You're not pulling teeth to get them to practice hard, work hard, buy into something. Uh, they just need to be led. You know, they need to have hope. They need to have purpose. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do here is every single day. Yeah, we're trying to win every game we ever play. But more importantly, we're trying to win the kid. You know, we're really trying to help the, the individual reach his potential. They are student athletes. You know, I, I raised three daughters that have all been Division One athletes and I understand the value of that degree. I understand the process of learning how to learn in college. Um, so, you know, we really emphasize the holistic college experience, not just the football experience. And and I really believe it makes them better football players because they're they're learning to make better choices and decisions uh, off the field. And I think that's going to pull over onto the field. So different for me, leaving Atlanta was good for me to go in. And, I went to Tennessee State across town from Lewis. I went to Tennessee State. The list going to have football, so I couldn't go there. So I went to Tennessee State. <laughs> so, but the fact that leaving Atlanta, getting a degree in business has really helped me post college because I have yeah. a radio show. I've been doing 14 years. I didn't apply my business acumen for my degree and those networkings really helped me get sponsorships. So all those things coach different. And these, you know, what I mean, uh, experience and you said holistic experience. It came back for, for for me already, and I'm living the fruits of it. So getting that yeah. degree, getting those internships, getting those network opportunities, and Birmingham being where how it is in Alabama, the situation, 
it's so much for those young men to do off the field as well as on the field. Oh, it's amazing. And this city, I mean, what a great opportunity. And I'm not trying to do this as a recruiting pitch at all. I've, I've seen coaches go on and brag on their city and you're kind of rolling your eyes like he's just doing a recruiting pitch. This isn't a recruiting pitch. This is simply Birmingham's becoming one of the hottest cities in the Southeast. And it's a mecca for business. It's got healthcare. It's got banking. It's got all the amenities of the of the hospital, which is a $12 billion economic impact on the city. But it also has the Nashville crowd coming down. So the networking of that of that hotsy snotsy Nashville, Tennessee thing. It's got Atlanta coming over, right? It's got these really sophisticated southern communities that are migrating here in Birmingham. Um, and it's really an opportunity for these student athletes to connect with difference makers when their playing days are over and, and jump in and have your experience, use a degree from a great institution, use their time playing football to network and create a, a group of people, surround themselves with a group of people that can pour gasoline on their career development. So, you know, we're very aware of that. And uh, we make sure we've already done four or five events where we bring the community in here and get our players to interact with them uh, so that they can see that this is, you know, there's a long-term player, man. I played 14 years in the NFL. You think that sounds like forever. You would think that I would think about that a lot. It's like a blip on my radar. Like it's, it really is. Like I don't define myself by my football career. Yeah, football gave me more than my wildest dreams could ever imagine. But I don't identify as a football player because life after football yes. is more impactful because it's that time of your life when you're raising a family. You know, I always say this. I thought I knew something in my 20s. I realized I knew less than anything. The 30s, I, I thought I figured it out. I realized I was ignorant. My 40s, I was like, okay, I finally figured it out. And I realized I only know a little bit. And now I'm 50 and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm starting to figure this out. But it's a little more impactful the older you get because there's more at stake. And when there's more at stake in your life, uh, it's more impactful to you and, and the people you influence. I say all that, that, you know, we're looking at the long-term play. Like I want to be in these kids' weddings. I want to be their godfather. I want to see their kids graduate from high school. And I know that what we're putting on it, the standards we're putting around them now, the disciplines we're teaching them, teaching them how to make good, like I said, good choices, good decisions. That may not always pay off in their 20s, right? I, I know I was a knucklehead, even though I was having Same a family. Here. Guilty as charged. Yeah, it might, yep, it might start to pay off in their 30s. But, you know, I'm the son of a coach. And too many times I'd be at breakfast with my stepdad. He's my stepdad, but I had two really good father figures. I'd be at breakfast with my stepdad and some 50-year-old would come up to him. And be like, coach, you changed my life. I didn't figure it out until I was 35. But I'm not killing it since I was 35. And I'm still using the values that I learned from you when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. So we're kind of betting on the come, I guess is how you would say. You know, we're betting that down the road, we do this thing right. Yeah, we're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, we're going to do some cool stuff at UAB, but we're going to help change these young men's lives for the better. Coach Jeffrey, you and I have a similar background. My father's a coach here in Georgia. He'll be 85 years old on Saturday. Let's go. Happy so birthday. I see, I see my father's players the same thing in the baby showers, weddings, events with players. So I'm living it right there with my father. Where he, on Father's Day, those young those guys who we played 50, 50 years ago. Still call him horse to say, hey, Mr. McHenry, thank Coach McHenry, thank you what you did for me. So I see for my own father. The impact no of doubt. Coach. I mean, Billy Graham said it, right? He said, 
you know, the, the most important person, a young person's life is going to be coach. Um, and you know, here's a guy that, you know, helped change a generation. And he said, no, the most impactful person in a young person's life is a coach. You know, what coach says is so impactful and we got to be very careful what we say because they're going to do it. You know, when mom and dad say it, when teacher says it, kids will go, okay, maybe. But when coach says it, they go, yes, sir. And they do it. Well, there's two sides of that. One, I appreciate the impact that has, but there's a responsibility and a burden there for what you say. You know, I had, a, I had a young man in my office yesterday that I I, had, I basically made a spreadsheet mistake that affected his life. And I could have just said, hey, I made a mistake. Get out of here. Go about your day. Instead, I said, you know, he's going to remember this moment. And I asked for his forgiveness. I said, hey, will you forgive me? Like, you don't have to. We don't have to be reconciled. But will you forgive me? And he looked at me like, why? This is my coach. This is a guy who won a Super Bowl. Like, this guy runs a program. He's asking for my forgiveness. But what I was trying to teach him is that, you know, you make a mistake. And I made a mistake. I need to ask for his forgiveness. And then I got to work towards reconciliation with him. Like, I got to earn his trust back. And we're trying to do that in this program where we're teaching him life lessons. Because yes. one day he's going he's gonna to say something to his kid. Like, I've done this as a father where I... I act out of anger or frustration or say something I don't want to say. And I hurt my kid and I want to reconcile with my child. So I go and I start by saying, you know what? Will you forgive me? That was a hard lesson to learn. Like I was in my thirties before I could humble myself to do that. Well, now this 20 year old is watching their coach do it. And he's going to be more open to do that at a younger age. I tell the kids all the time, you know, you don't have to learn from, you don't have to make a mistake to learn from it. You can learn from my mistakes. And I'm 51 and I've made a lot of them. So let me tell you about them and then why I made that mistake. And then hopefully you can learn from my mistake and not make the same choices and decisions that led to my mistake. And now I just saved you the pain of having to learn from your mistake. So again, I I think I take this as a parenting opportunity as much as a coaching opportunity. I don't know if you know my story, but right up there is my son. See that picture above the door? Yes, sir. So I lost him when I was five and a half when he was five and a half, sorry, um, to a heart, to a virus that attacked his heart. So when you lose your second child, he'd be 25 right now. Obviously, we've gone through an unmanageable pain and and healing that goes through that. But every time I, I look at these kids, I really do see him. Now, that doesn't yes, mean sir. I'm not intense. That doesn't mean we don't coach hard. That doesn't mean any of that stuff. But I do first see my son. And I'm like, you know, how would he, how would I want him treated as yes, a college sir. football player? And I do think that separates us a little bit. Like our building, our staff meetings aren't injury report, practice schedules. How are we going to win this game? Yes, those are part of it. But it's, hey, how is your position room doing? How's their mental health? What challenges are they going through? Have you checked in with their mom? Hey, do you know if their sister has a cheerleading competition this week or their brother has a basketball game? Or, hey, is dad sick? Like, let's, we call it relentless engagement. You know, we're trying to relentlessly engage with our team so they have i don't want to say father figures but they have mentors in their life that care about them regardless of where they are on the depth chart uh and i you know who knows if it's going to work right i'm a high school football coach i I don't know if it's going to work i think it's going to work i believe it's going to work but it's how we're going to do it and if it doesn't work they'll fire me and i just won't coach anymore because that's the way i'm going to coach i think it's going to work different because i would have loved that in my career no, I, I feel like at some point in my career, it was just, I was a number out there. Yeah. 
I feel like we just say, hey, as long as I'm catching balls, I'm good. John's good. As long as, Jake, as, long as 14 is getting, 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 getting the slot, learning the right route, getting the ball, he's okay. But do you care about Jr. the person? Now, after my career there, yes, it's, it's, a leadership is different. But I feel like at the time, Coach Diffrey was like, what can you do for, for me right now? Yeah. I, I, I feel you. Jr. I feel you, man. I, I, I saw it happen too much. Um, I didn't have that experience in college, but I saw teammates that did. I didn't have that experience in the NFL, but I saw teammates that did. Uh, I studied the college game. When I was at ESPN for those nine years, you know, I studied the high school game, the college game, and the pro game. And I really was connected to that recruiting period, you know, helping kids go from high school to college. So I was kind of seeing both sides of it. And I saw so many times where, and my daughter's experiences to a certain degree, where you're told something. Uh, it sounds really good. And then you go there and you experience something very different. And every time I sit with a parent in recruiting and we're, you know, committing a kid or he's decided to come here and we're going to give him the experience. I'm like, I, here's a conversation I don't want to have with you, mom, you, dad, you, grandma, you, grandpa, is that you lied to me. So I'll, let's talk about the truth right now. And you hold me to what I'm telling you. Because I, I don't want that to ha I don't want the kid to feel like a number. I don't want him to feel like I lied to get him here and then turn my back on him. I met with the freshman the other day, just the freshman. We do a weekly time with the freshman. And I'm like, hey, please, freedom to speak. Anybody in this room can speak. Have I let you down at any level? I know it's hard. I know you're miserable because it's training camp. I know you're lonely. I know it's hard to adapt to college life. But have I, the coach, let you down from what your expectation was. And I had a kid literally say, you know what, coach, I don't know if you let me down, but I got sick the other day and I didn't feel like I was totally cared for. And I'm like, that will never happen again. And it was nobody's fault, by the way, like it wasn't our trainer's fault, but I should have been more on top of it. And now it's something that I'm on top of that a kid gets the flu and he's been away for two months. I mean, you could be scared in that situation. He's 18 years old. Yes. I remember crying. I remember calling my parents crying like, oh, no, I can't do this. I'm good enough. I'm lonely. I need you to come get me. So I remember that. I remember my daughters calling me. So I just think it's a it's a it's an empathy for what they're going through. Yes, Don't sir. mistake that for not high standards or demanding or any of that. We're very demanding, very high standards. We have a, an empathy for what they're going through and we want to meet them where they're at. Coach Dilford, now I know you're new, 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 new to this college game. Do you feel like with the portal and the NIL that's helped you get better high school kids and maybe get overlooked by the power five guys and maybe some guys who would want to take opportunity now rather than try to wait out that power five offer that may or may, or may not go? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Everybody asks about it's like there a formula. Is there a trickle-down effect? Is there a hypothetical where an SEC school goes to the portal because they're trying to win a national championship the next year so a really good recruit from the year before is going to be a scout team guy again. Does that trickle down to the UABs, to the South Alabamas, to the, you know, the, the group of fives and, and elsewhere? And the answer is probably to a certain degree, but you don't see a tidal wave of it. Um, what you're really seeing with the portal more than NIL is relational equity. You're seeing guys that had really good relationships in the high school space and recruiting um, over their time when a kid enters the portal, they reach out because they remember how they were treated by that player. They remember that, I mean, by that coach, they remember the connection that was made. So I think you're seeing that. 
I think you're seeing um, good, really good freshmen, uh, really good seniors in high school not being recruited because like they're third on everybody's list. And then everybody goes to the portal first before taking what we call develop, developmental guy. So I think you have to you have to structure your roster in such a way, at least this is what I do. And I don't think I'm giving any secrets. I'm sure other people do it. But, you know, I structure my roster of, you know, guys that can help us win now and then guys that can help us win a championship later. And if you look at it that way, then it's not really portal high school. It's just a different way of looking at a player. Like we have some players right now that are probably not physically developed enough to play and help us win now. I will be shocked if they're not early round draft picks in three years. Like they're, they're this close to being superstars, but they're a year away from strength. They're a year away from being men. Right. And and this is a man's game at this level. So you got to develop that part of your roster because you know, it's going to be really, really good one day. And at the same time, you're trying to win every game you play. So it's almost like you have two rosters, to be honest with you. Uh, and high school is different, obviously. It was but a similar model, right? You have the haves and the have-nots, but the have-nots are just as important as the haves on the football field. And a lot of times for little Johnny, who you knew as a freshman was real, probably never going to help you win a football game, but, boy, you could help him if he could cover a kick by his senior year. And you could help him by helping him develop into a really good teammate and teach him life lessons. So you're kind of doing the same thing there. You're trying to get your studs, all the guys who went to the SEC or group of five are going to go next year. You're trying to get them ready to win every game, which we did. But at the same time, I spent a lot of time with the junior high program and the JV program and the freshman program, making sure they were growing too. Their ceiling's not as high, but I still want them to reach their potential. And I've kind of taken that approach here. It's like, yeah, it's different, but it's the same mentality. It's you matter. You're not a number. Right, you're not a number on a roster. Uh, you matter as much as our superstars. You may not get the reps he gets, right? But mm-hmm. you get the swag, you get the nutrition, you get the coaching, you get the attention, you get all the resources we pour into you because you matter as much as the superstar. One hundred percent, and Coach Dilfer, I love your dime conference schedule. You know, I feel like it's gonna prepare you for that tough AAC play. That was probably already done for you when you, when you got there. But as you use these four games to prepare for the AAC play, are you struggling for steady improvement every week to get ready for those eight games where they really matter for getting that conference play in there, Coach? No doubt. Uh, you know, I have nothing to do with our scheduling, right? I'm a new coach that gets scheduled. But I was pleased to see this. You know, you have four really quality preseason opponents, one being the best team in the country. So you you get a – and you get different styles, Right. You have, I think that's important for us, too, is we, we play four different styles in the preseason. Uh, A&T seem to be a great challenge. You know, they're really good players. They're really well coached. Uh, we know where these coaches come from, what their pedigrees are like. They're really well coached. They have really good players um, and they're going to be hungry. Right. They're going to be hungry. And it's, it's everybody's first game. And then to play Georgia Southern who has a ton of people back. A coaching staff that's done at the highest level. Um, you know, veteran people in key positions, that's going to be a war daddy. And then Monroe's good every year, right? I mean, every single year they're good. And then do all that and get to go to Athens as the as the uh, icing on the cake. So uh, I'm excited about it. Listen, I, I think I said, I'm a mountain climber. You know what I mean? I, I, I and metaphorically, like I climb, I like climbing big mountains. This is a big mountain. We're going to keep climbing. We're going to keep stepping and, 
and try to get better as, as the year goes on. I, you know, I've been around a lot of football, not saying I have it all figured out, but I've been around a lot of football. The one thing, the one truth in football is if you get better every week, right? If you can just have a mindset to get better every week and a, and a program that values that and people that buy into that, uh, you really can't lose the journey. Your record may not always be what people want it to be, but you ain't going to lose the journey and good things are going to happen. So we're very mindset on having a big vision, but also keep stepping towards getting better every day. Coach, I got two more for you. One of my ask you this, man. What has been your favorite food spot to eat in Birmingham so far? So do you know what a great town this is food-wise? I sure do. Oh sure my do. gosh. Like it's <laughs> it's one of the country's best foodie towns. And and I'm my wife and I now when we were empty nesters, so we're foodies. Um in fact, I don't spend money on anything. Now that I look at it, the only thing I spend any money on is food. <laughs> um, but I don't want to give one because I have quite a few. I, I put on 30 pounds in my first two and a half months here because I ate out every single night at one of these places. I've just recently lost it. Uh, La Fresca uh, on 2nd Avenue North, Bam, uh, Bamboo, uh, Bamboo on 2nd, Bottega. I mean, full moon barbecue. Don't mess with the full moon barbecue now. This has oh, some yeah. great barbecue spots. Um, you know, I kind of hit them all. So I feel like if I don't say more, I'm going to offend the owners and the managers. You know, we'll, we won't let that happen. But, every, <laughs> but everybody knows if you want to find me, for instance, tonight, tonight's what, Wednesday, you'll find me at either Bamboo or La Fresca. In fact, tonight I'm making a decision right now on your show. I'm going to La Fresca tonight. I'm going to leave the office early. I got to take the dog home. I'm going to put her up, and I'm going to walk to La Fresca tonight. Now, Coach, I know you've been, been a whirlwind and been very busy this this new job, but when you when you have some downtime, man, what's some things you did that's, that's kind of have some fun and relax for you from, from to turn off being Coach different for a little while and be, be dad and a husband, man? Yeah, so I'm, an, I'm a new grandpa. So this is my grandson, Decker. Congrats on that. Congrats on Thank that. Thank you. That's an old picture. He's He's 13 months. So it's the greatest thing ever. And every grandparents right now saying, amen, coach Silver, amen. It's the best thing ever. And you've all the bet cool parts of parenting without the bad parts of parenting. Okay. So that's amazing. So every chance I get on with him, uh, I started playing golf again. I hadn't played for four years. Uh, I started playing again. It was really a nice, like the coaches were kicking me out of the office in, in May. They'd be like, coach, you don't need to be here. Like we got this. The kids aren't here. Like, get out of here. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't. I got to work harder than anybody else. I got to. And they're like, no, get your butt out. You don't realize you're getting ready to go on a marathon in season. So about first part of May, I started going out in the afternoons, late afternoons, evenings and hitting golf balls and playing again, I ended up playing 25 times through May in the summer, which was a lot, but it was really nice to get away. I got my game back to a certain degree and was able to reconnect with some old golf buddies and meet a lot of cool people in Birmingham. That was the other thing too, is, you know, one of the cool things about golf, whether you play it or not, you know, it's four hours with people. Sometimes you yes. never met and they end up, some of them end up becoming your best friends. Um, so I really met some cool people here in town. Um, you know, my wife met some people, which was great. It's always hard for the, the wife more than the husband oh, yes. uh, in the coaching profession. So she was able to connect. Um, that's really it though. Like between my grandson and playing a little golf and my wife and I, you know, checking out different food spots, I'm not real, I'm not real exciting anymore, man. I, you know, I'm, again, I'm 51. I'm a grandpa. I'm not real exciting. 
Same here, Coach. I'll be 40 in March. <laughs> oh, let's go. You look good for 40, man. Yeah, I'll be 40 look, in March. You don't look a day over 39. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that, Coach. And I will see you on November the 4th, Coach. A little bit to my schedule. It works out good. Florida Atlantic game. I'm going to hit up Ted. I oh, will yeah. be here to see you guys, man. Well, Ted's right here on the other side of the camera, and I will make sure you get the VIP treatment. Yes, sir. Coach Different was fun talking to you, man. I enjoyed our chat, man. We have to see can't stay in contact, man. And I, I always loved your work, man. Now I know my mom is gonna be very happy. She sees our hey, chat. I'm gonna give your mom a hug over the computer real quick. So I'm gonna <laughs> unplug this thing. This is for your moms right here. Right Appreciate next it. to my right next to my heart. Thank you so much, Coach. It was fun, Coach. You got it. That was fun. What's up, good people? Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. The latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. What's up, family? Gerald the Boss Man here. You're tuned into the Boss Man Show on AM 1010, AM 1430, 105.5 The King. Get the King out at 105theking.com and the Boss Man Show at bossmanshow.com. Hit me up on Instagram, the Boss Man Show, Twitter at Boss Man Show, and Facebook, Boss Man Show. It's the Boss Man on your Radio. Listen to the Boss Man Show with your host, JR, Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here on AM 1010, The King. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.